Hi, my name is Mike Morris. Welcome to tonight's episode of Community Corner with Mike Morris on Midtown Radio. Early in the pandemic, almost a year ago, I wrote a post to draw attention to several communities that were clearly being left out of various support programs, amplifying the calls of so many, recognizing that while everyone may be in the same storm, we are definitely in different boats. One of the communities I mentioned at that time was small business owners. And as the pandemic has worn on, often it's these same small businesses that have been hardest hit, many of which have now been forced to close for a third time. For some, like Len Joe Bakes, it's been even harder still. Having opened only months before the pandemic hit, they don't have a previous year to compare their drop-in uh, revenue to, and as a result, they haven't qualified for any of the federal support programs. Tonight, I'm sharing a conversation I had with the owner of Lenjo Bakes, Lenore Johnson. We cover a variety of topics from her journey starting a small business to her experience as a black female entrepreneur, to the importance of food culture, community, and even our shared love of sad songs. We also touch on the challenges that the pandemic has presented, as well as the support she's felt from this incredible community. If you haven't already heard of them, Lenjo Bakes is in Midtown. They specialize in designing and crafting some pretty incredible cakes for special occasions, as well as other treats and sweets for the everyday, including some of the best cinnamon rolls in town. I'd love to hear your feedback as always. Feel free to connect through any social media channel at Morris Mike. It's spelled M-O-R-R-I-C-E Mike. Hope you enjoyed tonight's conversation. Thanks again for listening. So I'm here tonight uh, with Lenora Johnson, owner of Lenjo Bakes uh, in Midtown Kitchener. Lenora, thanks again for making oh time gosh, for this. Pleasure. It's great to yeah, I, um, I'm going to start, if you don't mind, with a brief land acknowledgement. For sure. And, uh, and then we'll get into some questions and conversation. And, uh, and then as people arrive, we'll be able to take questions from them uh, as well. Uh, so to start, just wanted to start by acknowledging that uh, Lenora and I are both on the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee of the Anishinaabe and Neutral Peoples. As many of you know, we're situated on the Haldeman Tract. It's 950,000 acres of land, uh, 10 kilometers on either side of the Grand River uh, that was given to the Six Nations in 1784. And more specifically, what is now the city of Kitchener is located on a parcel of the Haldeman Tract called Block 2. Uh, which was intended uh, to be leased to settlers and um, was instead sold as land with full, t uh, full, full title. And so I feel it's worth repeating that across all of the Haldeman Tract, there were actually very few outright sales of land and 90% of this leased land has never been paid for or paid to Six Nations. Uh, if you're joining us from another location tonight, I'd encourage you to research the history of the land you live in and, and work on. For my part, my interest in acknowledging this history is in reminding us of the injustice of this past 
and it plays a role in informing our conversation tonight. As I acknowledge the history of this land and the continued impacts of colonialism, I do so with an interest in nurturing and seeking to live out a shared and active hope that today's conversation and all the days ahead uh, can be part of a journey towards genuine truth and reconciliation. And so, so tonight, we're gonna be talking with Lenore about uh, Len Joe Bakes specifically. Um, so Lenore, why don't we start with, well, it's been just like you're almost I at the one year anniversary. No, I'm so excited. I'm literally so excited. I almost can't believe it. So, we actually don't celebrate our birthday. Um, I will say this. We, we don't celebrate our birthday on our birthday because our birthday is on Valentine's Day. And there's like a lot going on. Um, so we, like the Queen, choose to celebrate our birthday in favorable weather. So we celebrate our half birthday in August. Nice. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Well, why don't you take us back to you know, this time last year, I guess, why did you start the business in the first place? What uh, motivated you to, 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 to do this? Yeah. Um, well, to start at the beginning, we'll actually have to go back to 2019, yeah. um, yeah. January. Cause that's when we started looking for a space for the business. Um, why? That's a great question. I ask myself that many times. What would um, compel a person to do this? <laughs> I, I don't know. Stupidity. Um, <laughs> please, I don't know. You know, it's uh, it's funny. Working in, in hospitality, working um, kind of with a craft, it um, eventually you get to the place where it's really hard to keep outworking someone else's vision. Um, you kind of get to a place where you either decide um, – I will be a worker bee and I will be the best worker bee that I could be my whole entire life. And I will, you know, stifle my opinions. Um, and if anybody who's watching knows me at all, I'm not one <laughs> to like stifle my opinions. So in order to like alleviate a lot of the, um, I don't want to say issues because I've had amazing places to work at. Um, but there comes a point where you're like, I either need to do this or I just need to realize that I'm never going to do this and I'll just always work with someone else. So I always kind of knew that I wanted to start my own business. Um, I didn't know what it was going to look like. I always said that I would start it when I was 30 um, mm -hmm. because it felt like a good um, round number. And I'd be like, yeah, at 25, I was like, yeah, five-year plan. I'll have a brick and mortar store when I'm 30. Life goes according to plan always. Mm -hmm. Um and it actually, you know, it just turns out that we started a little bit early. I won't be 30 until July, which is terrifying because I feel like I've done very little with my life. Um, even though, obviously, you know, people will be like, oh, my gosh, you've done so much. It's like, oh, okay, sure. Um, but, yeah, I just decided that, you know, I needed to, I needed to kind of, it was either do it or don't do it. And I was like, if I do it and it all goes pear-shaped and I'm bankrupt, it only stays on your record for seven years. Uh, it's fine. I can rebound mid thirties and no longer with a bankruptcy on my, on my uh, credit report. I think we'll be okay. So. Well, I, I guess as someone else who's also started in my case, it was a nonprofit, mm -hmm. but having started a nonprofit in my twenties as well, um, there's a bit of a magic or at least I felt in my, I'm not sure if that was the case for you, but I, it, 
those were those were really special years in my life where I felt so supported by this community. And I, I can relate to the autonomy as well, right? I can imagine if you've been in a number of other kitchens over the years, um, there's something exciting about that, right? Um, so, and I'm, I'm glad that uh, we'll talk about the timing in a bit, but, yeah. you know, for our community to have uh, Lenjo in Midtown now, you know, we're, uh, it's, yeah. It's um, yeah, no. So honestly, I, uh, I will say that I did have boots on the ground. Um, a professor that taught me at George Brown, uh, he kind of always knew that I wanted to start my own business. I was very open with that fact. This was the second career for me. I went to university. Um, I was going to be an actuary. Um, and uh, yeah, so I kind of knew going in, you know, like I went to classes and I was on time. I did my homework. I did my, because I wasn't there to play around, you know, like there are other students who were there and they were 18. They're like, baking seems like fun. YouTube channel seems like fun. I'm like, oh, this is not a career right. choice for you. This is just something to fill your time. Please get out of the way while the serious students are here to dedicate themselves. Um, so because of that, I got, um, I mean, it's, and I can speak from experience, it's nice when you're teaching someone who actively wants to learn. Yeah. Uh, so it's really easy to like pay attention to them and guide them well. Um, and so that's what happened to me. So my mm. professor, he taught at George Brown, but he lived here in Kitchener. Um, and he knew that I went to Waterloo. So he's like, you know, Kitchener's a great place to open a business. You know, the time is now. He was saying the time was now to me in 2015. Mm. Um, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go and like live abroad mm. for a while. And he's like, what are you doing now? Like the time is now. I'm like, no, no, I hear you. And I'm just going to move to New Zealand now. And he's like, the time is now. And I'm like, okay, I hear you. The time is now. Is it time you. yet? Yeah. He's like, you know, he's like, you know, the time is now. The market, the market is, is booming. People were already starting to kind of make that migration mm. out from Toronto. Um, so they were seeking like a, a high quality product, a little bit different than what you would find. Well, no, I can say that because I have competitors and this is just a natural part of business different than what my competitors were offering mm. um, with a point of view that might have been different than what my competitors are offering, something different that people haven't seen before. So here, here, I, here I came, not to appeal to the Toronto people, um, mm -hmm. but it's a market which is expanding and people want to know more and maybe try things which are different. And, um, you know, every time people are like, what's a Varin? I've never heard of it. It's like, oh, let me tell you about the history of a Varin, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And people are more willing to kind of step outside and, and try something different and try something new. And I think that's that's what I bring. And I hope that doesn't sound boasty, but uh, I don't know. I think that's, so, that's okay too. And, and also it adds, I think, also something more dynamic in terms of the uh, neighborhood that you chose. Mm. You know, we... It's, it adds something special that in a number of neighborhoods now, there, there are, um, you know, bakeries like yours yeah. that, you know, creates, well, we'll talk a bit about this too, but the idea of like a local food scene yeah. increasingly, um, you know, it's, I think it's really special. The, yeah, the, the spot you chose is a neighborhood that I think is really craving uh, more small businesses yeah. and vibrancy. And um, so I'm, oh, I'm glad for that too chose me I would like to say hmm. I I said no many times and my realtor was like Lenore and I'm like no no still no did you see that place I didn't want it uh I've spoken to my landlords about this so they're cool hmm. um and and they made it something something beautiful it wasn't 
it wasn't necessarily beautiful before. Um, but yeah, as soon as we started underway and I actually got to started to get to know yeah. um, the people in this neighborhood and I actually had a great and terrible opportunity of we got the building in July, but we didn't open until February. But all that time I was here every day and people would be, you know, walking with their kids wow. or being like, do you, so I had the time to form the relationships, which was, I think a beautiful opportunity looking back now. Well, I can say it's perfect for me. My physio is on yep. Wil Wilhelm and I live in Cherry, in oh. Cherry Park. So you're Laughing. right on my end. The physio is not a fun experience. It's a pretty painful yes. experience. So, you know, when I was there the last time, I was on my way back from physio and it's like, you know, this is the, the nice part when I'm yeah. done, the painful part. Okay. <laughs> I get to pick up a few treats. Well, I'm glad um, I can be here for you. Well, and, and I get, I get yeah, and for many in, in Midtown, it's, uh, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of good energy yeah. right now. And I feel like you're a really big part of that. Um, so for those that are joining us, um, I'm here with the owner of Lenjo Bakes, Lenore Johnson. Uh, feel free. There will be lots of time. We've got to like 745 tonight. And so I've got a few questions. Uh, but if you have any, uh, feel free to add them in, in the comment box and, and uh, glad to have that conversation as well. Um, for now, of course, we're in Black History Month. Um, and the spotlight more than ever now is on celebrating black excellence across Waterloo region. And so I'm curious to hear a bit about what it was like for you, Lenore, starting a business as a black uh, woman in our community. Uh, that's a great question. Um, and it's a question that I get often. And truthfully, it's not one that I know how to answer. Hmm. Uh, like when I wake up in the morning, I don't look in the mirror. It's like, you are black. You are a woman. Go do this thing. You know, like I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, I look tired. That's all right. Um, yep. So like I don't, and I don't know, I mean, I'm speaking from my own experiences, maybe different for other people. Um, but like I don't wake up in the morning and affirm how other people see me. Um, so like I don't wake up and I'm, I'm not like, yes, I am black and I'm going to go and do this and I'm going to excel and I'm going to work hard because I'm, I'm black. I just, I wake up and I live my life the way that I've always known to live my life. Um, has my mother always told me that I need to work twice as hard um, to get just as far as everyone else? Yes. Was that because I was black? I don't know, probably. Or probably because she had to work twice as hard as everyone else to get you know, as far as she did and she wanted to instill a good work ethic in me. I'm not sure, but I'm told mm -hmm. <laughs> by others that the reason is, is because I am black and it is just the fact that you have to work twice as hard. Um, so I don't know what, what was my experience in opening a business? It was hard. Could it have been easier if I was white? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know that. Um, I do know that I didn't, have any connections because my dad didn't know anyone who could help somebody else who's lived in this community for 50 years and their last names are on street signs and I don't know maybe Johnson's on a street sign but like that's not my last <laughs> name um you know like it's not my it's not my heritage like people are really proud about their last names I'm like this was given to somebody um who was taken from their home it's like yeah. not my last name I'm yeah. sorry um, and 
So I don't have like an association. It's not like, yeah, Proud mm -hmm. Johnson, first of all, super common last name. Second of all, literally just given to people who were taken up from their mm -hmm. home, like scoops of sand um, and reassigned, mm -hmm. you know? So, oh, I don't really, I don't really know. I think it was a fine process. Was it hard? Sure. Entrepreneurship is hard though. Um, was it made harder because I was black? I don't know. Sometimes I think it was made harder because I'm a woman. Um, was it made extra hard because I'm a black woman? I can't, I can't tell you. I have two strikes against me, you know? Like, I'm, I'm just used to working hard. I'm used to like reaffirming my position. And when I walk into a place like Home Depot and I have my dad with me and I'm asking a question about shelving, um, and the man looks at my dad and my dad's like, well, I don't know, like it's for her. And we're like, oh yeah, but like what kind of, I'm actually just asking you to cut the wood to the length of wood, mm. the, the length that I need you to. I just, mm. because I know how big my boxes are and I know how tall my bottles will be. And I, cause it's my business. So I'd love if you could address me. I don't know if that was because I'm black or because I'm a woman. So what was it like? It wasn't easy, uh, but there could have been a myriad of factors. Could it have been easier if I was white? Maybe. But I can't speak to that because it's not my experience. Um, so I don't know. Does that not answer your question? It's a hard question for me to answer. <laughs> I feel like it answers it in so many nuanced ways. You know, I, I'm, you know how I, I can get a sense of how it may have affected your journey. Um, I can speak again mm -hmm. for myself you know, as a young white guy starting a nonprofit, our two experiences in this community are different. And so I think it's, you know, you being willing to even share your experience, I think just adds. And also it shows people when I was coming out of business school, part of my interest was saying, you know, there is a different option. Yeah. You can choose to be an accountant. Uh, many business grads choose that route. Yeah. And part of my interest was showing folks that, you know, choosing social entrepreneurship is another option. Um, I think having people from different walks of life contributing to our community in different ways shows our community. Yeah. Uh, it's important for our community to have uh, examples of different people being able to overcome the different challenges we all face. Um, and, and certainly, as a black woman, it um, you know would be even more so, um, just that many more, uh, and and not that it's ever easy. And you chose in the pandemic to boot, so yeah. um, I did choose this, Mike. It was gifted to me. <laughs> Some of these things just happen, right? Yeah. Uh, let's talk a bit about um, oh, food yeah. culture. Um, so I feel you know grateful for the number of small businesses that have been able to push through mm. particularly in times of pandemic um i think there's a vibrancy to our community that comes from the mix of small businesses um but particularly around like the the sense of kind of the importance of local food culture curious your reflections on that how important you feel that is to a community, to our community, where you see Lenjo Bakes in that. Any of your reflections? Yeah, I mean, um, food has always been just such a really 
big part of my life. Um, and the places where you could get it as well that become a big part of my life. Uh, mm -hmm. I have memories. Now, my, my parents, when they immigrated, they moved to Toronto. Um, and then when they had my brother and I, they moved us out to the suburbs, to Brampton. Mm. Um, but there is a place, a fish market or fishmonger in Kensington Market um, that my parents, my mom on a Saturday morning would wake up at like four in the morning and we would pile into the car and we would drive to Kensington Market to go to this fish store. We probably passed 20, 30 fish stores on the way, but, but we were going was, to this, this one. This was the one. We were going to the one, uh, you know, so that was kind of, I just, we always went to the one and then like two stores down, there was a patty place. Um, so you could like get fish. My parents, my mother would be getting fish and I'd be like just waiting until the patty place opened so that I could get a patty. <laughs> and that was, that was <laughs> what excited me. And in September there was a fruit market and you get Concord grapes. Just, it was just, uh, it wasn't my local community, but it was a community where I could go to and I knew exactly what. I was going to find. Um, same thing, my have family that lives in New York and I remember traveling there, I think I was like 19 and I brought a friend with me and the border agent's like, why are you going to New York? And we're like, we're going to eat. Yeah. And he was like, what are you talking about? We're like, no, we're literally just coming here because we're going to like a list of 21 cupcake yeah. places. Um, and like, here's our list. It's, we've ranked them from the place that we must go to, yeah. to the place where it's like, it's okay if we miss. Um, and, and that was what we did. It wasn't our local community, but other locals had spoken about these places and we wanted to go. Um, so, I mean, I felt that it's always important, especially here at Lenjo's community is number one. Mm -hmm. Like great food, sure. I want the food to be great, I do. Mm -hmm. um, but I also know that a lot of our customers come back not because the food is great. You can get great food anywhere, um, but it's because of the community. And that's something which I um, do feel has been stolen <laughs> a little bit or mm -hmm. tampered a little bit by the pandemic. The fact that people can't come in and mm -hmm. if they do come in, it's like 15 minutes. So we can't really chat. Um, but there is something special about going to a location, an area um, and knowing that, you know, I'm going to get whatever from lunches. I'm going to go around the corner and I'm going to pick up whatever from this place. I'm going to go to the forequarter and I'm going to go here and I'm going to go there. Um, I think that there's something um, really special about that. Um, and to be a part of that, for me, feels like I'm helping create some of the memories that I had when I was little that I hold dear you know nobody wanted to wake up at 4 30 in the morning to go to a fish market um but some of the best adventures um were born out of that and I like to think that that the people that do come and venture here um experience something similar and you know I think that it's something that um something that is like in the works of blossoming as well um we have a customer who actually just posted just wrote a blog post about the KW Bakery Trail. And I think there are like oh, five really? bakeries in like a one hour walk that you can get to and just stop along the way and pick things up. And I'm like, that's so cool. I, I want that for us. And you know, like 
not all bakeries are offering the same thing, thank goodness. Um, so you can go to five bakeries in a day and get different things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of experience experience that culture in, in a way, you know, like, I don't know. I think local food culture changes lives, to be honest. And in, in every place that I lived, every country that I lived, every city that I lived in, um, I had I have my places. If I want ramen and I'm in Auckland, I go to Tanpopo. I will miss a ferry <laughs> to go to Tanpopo. I'll just do it because I'm like, you know what? It's worth it. It's the best ramen I've ever had. Um, and and like I think yeah, they're just they're truly like memories being built in the community and in food um, and tying those two things together. Like everyone eats all the time, and sometimes you'll catch a whiff of something. Um, just the smell and you're like, wow, that takes me back to this exact time at this exact place. And I was with these people. That's cool. I think that that's, I think that's cool. And it, it shapes a community. Mm -hmm. when, I've, when, you know, when there was a time when friends would come and visit, <laughs> yeah, I'd say, well, you have to check out Seven Shores, yep. Len, Len Joe Bakes, Lady Glaze, Ambrosia. Yep. And then I like the we're using kind of like the the bakery trail or whatever the case the food yeah. yeah that's like that's part of what makes me proud to live here yeah. is the connections between those places the community that can be built and I I feel it even more so now that we're stuck in the cold <laughs> and the number of times I've been at your place and still people are chatting and yeah. connecting maybe even more maybe we're craving this even more now sure. um but it's what was it like minus 20 today Ugh. uh on these cold days in particular oh, there you yeah. know there's something kind of magical about that yeah, too right absolutely now it hasn't been a totally easy go um and so this was i actually i first heard about this story on Mike Far, uh, Farwell's show, you yeah. were on his show a few yeah. weeks ago. And it had never occurred to me, you know, I, of course, I'd been writing as many others in terms of the gaps mm -hmm. in supports and small businesses across the board. You know, in some cases, the rent assistance program, for example, if your landlord didn't happen to apply, well, you know, you're all the agency yeah. was in the hands of the landlords. And so, so many friends of mine uh, were sharing their concerns around, well, or, or the other concern, of course, of the mm -hmm. big box stores being open. Mm -hmm. But yours was a new one. And so, uh, curious for you to share this, the fact that you need to have a previous year of revenue to compare um, it, to. It it wasn't even the, the previous year. Well, yes, it was kind of the previous year um, of revenue to compare to. And I do just want to preface and say that not all landlords automatically qualified. Right. Um, my landlord didn't qualify right. for the help. So as much as they would have wanted to right. help. So there's two steps, right? Yeah. Landlord yes. has to qualify. Yeah. And landlord has to, had to also and want to apply at all. Exactly. So two ways you could have gotten Exactly. So I was like, okay, cool. I did ask. I mean, obviously yeah. I asked people were telling me to ask why well, I asked my landlord. They're like, the best we can do is take your last and apply it. You tell us a month to apply it to. If you're like, there won't be money, tell us to apply it and we will. And that, I mean, that flexibility alone was, was right. lovely. Um, but yeah, in order to apply for a uh, SEBA, I think that's what it's called, the Canadian 
blah, 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 whatever. SIBA, I'm pretty sure yeah. is what it's called. Um, you had to have filed taxes in 2019. Uh, for, those, for those at home that don't know, you can only file taxes in 2019 if you had business in 2019. So if you didn't have any business in 2019, or if you're like me and your year end starts in, um, I think my year end starts in like September. Even though I had some months in 2019, it doesn't matter because my file date would have been in 2020. Mm. Um, so because I didn't have a tax file date in 2019, I did not qualify. Um, and, you know, they made adjustments here and there. Um, at first, it was like, you know, if you see a decrease of 70%, and then it was a decrease of 20%, and then it, it was, you know, something else. But what I think, um, is important to note is that we're only open on the weekends to, to the public. We do custom cakes. Like today I had a cake go out tomorrow. There are two cakes going out. I'm working all the time. I don't have five days off and we're open for two. Yeah. Um, but we only had eight trading days before the first big mm -hmm. shutdown. We were open for four weeks or eight days. Wow. Um, so to, and, and we opened with no fanfare. We didn't do farmer's markets. We didn't have, you know, testing pools. We didn't do a pop-up anywhere. I literally unlocked the front door and was like, it was truly a, if you build it, they will come yep. situation. And I'm like, it's fine. We can go slow. I had a job at the college. I was like, if I need to, I can use that salary to pay the rent. If it's if it's slow and just work on building, you know, slowly, slowly building, building, building. That doesn't work when you need to show a decrease in revenue. Um, because obviously as more people get to know you, the more money you begin to make. It wasn't buckets and buckets more, but there was never that 30% or 50% or 70% decrease that the government wanted to see. So they're like, well, you weren't affected. And like that's, that's not what I'm saying <laughs> um, because I refunded, you know, 12 wedding cakes and had birthday parties cancel and well, corporate things can't. So right? exactly. So it's like, so, you know, if you, it wasn't revenue because I refunded them, but it was a lost sale, but how do I show that? It doesn't show up on financial documents. That information is mm -hmm. not, captured anywhere um and you know I, yeah i just i i just think it's a shame that you know we have our politicians who are like we're here for you and it's like you're not here for me i would i stopped listening because i'm like if you say you're here for me one more time i'm going to scream because i know that you're not um and it's I, it felt like a kick in the guts <laughs> um i've been a been a canadian citizen all my life um, you know, I started working when I was 14 and I've paid into EI all since then. And I've never been unemployed to claim anything. And I've never, you know, outside of the normal tax credits, I've never loopholed the government. I've never. And the one time I really need you to come through for me. Um, and you're nowhere to be found and, and especially being, um, self-employed well I was partially employed at the college as an instructor but obviously they laid most instructors off because numbers are down and they don't need all of us um and even even that you know um I couldn't apply for if you're self-employed if you pay one person uh you don't qualify yourself for any benefits 
well, I'm going to make sure my staff are paid and I can't do this alone. So it's like, okay, I will pay my staff and I will not pay myself and I will live on the good graces of my parents. And, and that's, and that's it. I'm fortunate that I have that opportunity, but not, not everyone does. It's funny you say that. I had a really close friend who said some, some of very similar, she said, you know, and don't share with me the government (laughs) links anymore. They keep saying this and that, but the reality for her was similar. She said, well, family will be there to back me up. I'm lucky for that. But it was almost demoralizing hearing some of the rhetoric. And and that's painful for me to hear too, because I, I guess I'm of the mind that it can be possible that, that, that government can be there to support and should be there. Um, And so we, yeah, similar conversations that, yeah, yes, it might be possible. That might be a, um, that can be true. That's not, that wasn't this person's experience and that wasn't yeah, your experience right. either. Um, which is all the, all the more so why I think it's so important to, that, that we can support in different ways then, that our community can rally yep. around. I think, and that's I think exactly about, what happened. Right? Yeah. 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 I, I, I was thinking about the uh, AOK yeah. arcade bar uh, uh, on, on King, like such a similar experience. I know it because our campaign office was right next to the building. And so we saw, I saw the construction going on all of 2019. Yeah. And I think they opened, I don't know if it was like, it was early March. I was there once myself before the close. Yeah. Right. And so I just particularly feel for businesses like yours that are in that, you know, you didn't, you followed right. all the rules from a health point of view. And so again, what do we have agency over? Well, our community can rally. Um, And so I hope that that continues to be the case. In the meantime, there's a bunch of good questions, uh, Lenore, that have come up. So you don't mind if I'll start uh, going to some of these? Are you sure? So uh, Nathan was asking, uh, how often would you bake while you were in school? Like? Uh, That's not, not many folks on this um facebook live have gone to that been in that kind of school oh so you mean like so what was like in culinary school yeah i guess so in cullen in culinary school i think nathan feel free to clarify if you're referring to lenore's time you know she mentioned as 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 an actuary if you were baking you know answer both if you'd like were you you baking a lot before and then also when you're in yeah. Okay. So I actually have a really funny story about this. Um, I've yeah. always loved to bake, obviously. Um, and I was a residence like John, which if you know, or don't know, um, at Waterloo, you have like RAs, up year students who like live with first year students and help guide them into the university community. Um, and I think it was like, oh, so my students always had the best parties. Cause it was like, make your own pizza, make your own waffles. Cause I love doing anything with food. And it might've yeah. been I want to say like 2010, maybe 2009, September. Um, I was a Don in Village One and I was really happy because I was in my old house. I was in Sev Free and I was making cookies for my students and their parents <laughs> and the movers. Um, and if you've ever been by Waterloo during move in weekend, it is pandemonium oh, just- cars yes. for lines for days. And I was baking in the oven in South, which was in South six. So I had to keep kind of running back and forth. So I could be there for my students and meet them as they're moving in. 
but also I had cookies in the oven. And I guess I let the door close behind me and it created a little heat trap <laughs> and, the, and the fire alarm went off. <laughs> and obviously because it's a residence, all the fire alarms went off. And then because it's a residence at a university, the fire trucks came. Oh, shoot. <laughs> and everyone university was like, I, I must oh, have been just it was, like. It was actually coming off of like West Mountain, Columbia. Because most oh, people are coming in the rev entrance. Yeah. And uh, I will never forget it. Alex Patico, who's the director, I don't know if he's still a director at the time um, of, of residences, was just like, Who's baking cookies? Like, this is not happening right now. I was like, It was me. So I'm like throwing the cookies out of the oven. They were perfectly done, they were not burnt. It was just hot. <laughs> um, and the firefighters were like, Everyone has to vacate. And I'm like, But the cookies. And they were like, You have to get out of the building. I'm like, All right, fine, I'll leave. So me, all my residents, everyone else out of the building. And they were like, yeah, yeah, all good. It was just hot. You need to just make sure that door is open. I'm like, I think it just closed behind me one time. And I went in there and there were no cookies left on the tray. Those firemen ate all the cookies. Um, and I thought it was ridiculous because they were super hot. Anyway, so I bake all the time in residence. Mm. I would sit on the floor with a wooden spoon and my plastic bowls. And I got to the dollar store and I would cream butter by hands, um, dedicated to my craft. Hmm. Um... And then at George Brown, we had labs. I want to say we had labs three days a week and they were, or maybe four days a week and they were four hours mm -hmm. long. Um, so we would get to school at 6.30 in the morning and then do labs in the mornings, um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then have our like electives, like our wine and cheese class. Um, oh, they made me take math, even though I went to the University of Waterloo and graduated with a degree in mathematics and economics because none of my course outlines matched up. Oh I'm like, gosh. you're right, we don't solve systems of linear equations in Calc 137, you're absolutely correct. Um, so I thought that was hilarious, obviously oh, aced it, corrected true. a question on the final and the midterm because my teacher did not proofread. Hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we were baking all the time, it was great. Can I clarify, <laughs> one of your electives was the wine and cheese? Oh, like my mate, electives- It was great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, wine and cheese class, and then the second level was like old world, old world wines, fancier cheeses, and they added teas. It was great. It was truly amazing. Yeah. Wow, as someone with uh, Italian <laughs> roots, uh, the idea of an old world wine yeah. class. Um, my electives were uh, things like um, fiber optics. Cool. Um, not, not well. You might say that. You're, I think you're being polite. Um, uh, I think the end result was much less interesting. I think we built like a calculator would would have been like the machine code we would have built. You, I think you got wine and cheese at the end of it. Different experience. We did. Uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> uh, Laura's got a question about music. Yeah. Uh, what kind of music found its way oh. into your kitchen? A particular baking playlist you might um, like? Most people get upset with me. I listen to, I love a singer songwriter. I love folk. Um, a lot of it is really sad or at least sad sounding. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so if it's just me, I mean, um, yeah, I love, I love emotion. I love, I think music has um, an incredible ability to kind of like meet you where you're at. Um, and I love to be in my feelings. Sometimes I just love to be, you know, a little bit 
sad. Um, but when like Melissa is here, um, we love Dolly Parton. I love Dolly Parton as well. <laughs> um, so if we're playing a playlist and Spotify knows and like Dolly Parton comes on, we'll just like put it on repeat and listen to nine to five as many times as we can tolerate. Um, so yeah, we listen to a little bit of anything. Like I love, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like going back to high school days. So it's like John Mayer and mm. uh, Jeff Johnson, even though all his songs sound the same and like Adele and Ed Sheeran. And uh, like sometimes we'll listen to like a little bit of rock, but not that much. And a little bit of jazz if we want. I mean, whatever. We're basically, oh, but now we listen to talk radio because it is, the people in our community are hilarious. One, if you're not listening to talk radio, you're missing out. And three, um, you really get to know people. You hear a voice and you're like, is that Andrew? <laughs> like, that is Andrew. <laughs> That's great. I hope you might choose to also call in every now and then. Oh, no. Always listen, right. never call. There's right. absolutely not. What? No, no, you, no. Well, this <laughs> is that you might be too busy doing the work. Oh, now um, I'm too busy to call in. <laughs> well, you're making me feel better. I should say, I'm going to share this with my niece. Um, she always she gives me a bit of a hard time. She says, Mike, you, you seem to only like sad songs. I think there was even like a shirt uh, she might um, have picked out for me that's like, I like sad songs or something. So I'm going to make sure she knows I'm no, not the only not one who's... Uh, Oh, there's there's beauty in the sadness, you know. Yeah. There is. Well, and and I heard diversity though too. Adele, yeah. and Sharon. There's yeah. women, so. Although Adele's pretty sad too. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's actually fair. Yeah, maybe not a good example. <laughs> um, but I definitely will be sharing that with uh, with her. Um, and and as uh, um, some of the talk radio you bring up. Um, you know, this could be a place for our community to, and I respect people like Mike and others. I did a little bit of it myself at one point when I was um, leading a nonprofit. And, yeah. you know, you often only get, what well, my, ex my experience was, I had people calling in who like denied climate change altogether. And so I can, I can say that at least having someone, uh, a, a wider mix of people calling in that aren't on either oh, extreme. Dreams are what make it hilarious. Like yeah. for Melissa and I, a lot of the time we find the comedy in it. Sometimes we're like, no, this person is truly taking the piss. Like they can't think this way. Um, and then they do. And you're like, all right then. Mm. Um, but a lot of times it's, it's just, it's funny. I don't know. I mean, not laughing at people, but it is funny. I think it at least is revealing of uh, the various perspectives. Yeah right uh, i i heard some of this you know i i've someone who knocked on doors last last year or i guess two years ago now hearing a wider mix of perspectives outside of my own echo chamber um and then also and this is where people like mike i've got a lot of respect for can actually then have conversations and challenge um you know i i, I heard some things that i uh, didn't appreciate around refugee resettlement for example Oof. Well, that became an opening. There's a choice there to then be able to have a conversation yeah. with that with that person. But I we're we're definitely way <laughs> off track now. <laughs> Although I'm, that's uh, all right. That's how conversations happen. That's I fine. love it. Um, I guess maybe I'd love to hear more from you, Lenore, around how you felt the support in the past year. Oh. 
what is that what's yeah just like riff on that like what's that been like what what kind of support have you seen and what's what's that been like for you truly i don't know if i not i don't know i know this whole year um you know people are like what's it been like what's your experience and i haven't processed Mm -hmm. it and i don't know if i'll ever get an opportunity to truly process it um in my in my head and my heart i almost don't want this shop and this experience uh, to be real until my grandparents mm-hmm. can see it. Uh, my grandparents mm-hmm. live in the UK and they were supposed to be here for Thanksgiving last year. And obviously that didn't happen. Um, and every time I call my grand, she's like, if I live like grand, you're going to live. <laughs> she's like, well, you know, if <laughs> I live, right in the field, eh? I know. Right. And, and I, I almost, I mean, I think if um, this whole thing were to happen, and and god forbid she or my granddad were to pass away before they saw it it wouldn't it wouldn't feel i don't think it would feel real like they've seen walkthroughs and we've taken videos and whatever but it's not the same like when i dream at night um i have dreams of my grandparents walking through that door and it Mm. fills me with so much joy um but what has it been like to have the community rally around me i almost can't talk about it because i think it might make me cry um just the people who come back week after week and say the same again next week, or I'll see you on Friday, or I'll see you in a couple of days. Um, or the people who would, were super excited when we opened on Thursdays, they're like, oh my gosh, I always felt super self-conscious coming mm-hmm. Friday and then like eating everything and then wanting to come <laughs> back on Saturday, but like shame <laughs> kept me from doing that. But like, now I can come on Thursday, have a break on Friday and come back on Saturday. Um, and you know, it's just been, um, incredible. Christmas was ridiculous Mm. in terms of busyness. Like I was working (laughs) 21 hours a day. Um, and you know, people would come in and with their kids that I've, you know, seen just grow larger (laughs) over, you know, the past nine months would come in with like Christmas cards and they would make ornaments and, for our half birthday, there were people that like kids drew us cards mm. and like did artwork. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't actually, uh, I can't explain how, how it feels to be a small moment in someone's mm. life. Like this is actually what I live mm. for. So to see it being walked out um, every day is more than I could have ever imagined. And um you know, I work as hard as I do and I stay as late as I do and I offer what I offer because of the people um, in my community. If I didn't care, that would be one thing. But, you know, I know people have favorite brownies. So maybe they make it onto the brownie roster a little hmm. more often. Uh, I know that they'll be really excited. Um, and I know people have favorite flavors of macarons. Um, and so I make those knowing, um, not I don't tell them about it and I don't be like, Oh, I put your macarons on, but I'm like, whatever, you'll, you'll be here and they'll see it. And they'll be like, Oh my gosh, it's back. And it's like, yeah, you know, well, and maybe even more so in these times, I remember the, the couple I was behind in line the last time I was there, they were the ones with the dog who like, I thought the dog kind of oh, liked me and no, then you ma- showed up. And I learned my that the dog, BFF, yeah. yeah. Sorry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
beyond Mabel, this couple, they were saying like this was, this was like their yeah. thing of the day, right? This was their only time going out and it was a special treat. They were getting you know, particular drinks, I think. Yeah. Um, so I can only imagine the, the number of people for whom your bakery has been like that little bright spot, right? Um, in, a, in a difficult time. I can tell you, if, if, I get, if I get my one trip of the day, I go out, you know, picking up some treats from yeah. your place. Um, yeah, so, so thanks for, you know, yeah, being that, that source of light for many in our community in a difficult time, right? It's a, these are two-way streets. I, and I'm really glad to hear that that's how you feel, that, that you felt some of that support. Um, certainly how I felt in, uh, in my early days, uh, kind of as a social entrepreneur that, you know, certain people just really stepped up and just kind of blew me away at times and thought, why are you doing this? Like what, what, Truly. um, and, and often it wasn't, there was, but there was no, it was, it was just, there was something about the, yeah, there, there's this, this certain, at least that was my experience was there's just a number of people who just really, um, believed yeah. in the idea, I guess, or whatever the case. And, and I'm, I'm glad to hear glimmers of that to be some of your experience Absolutely. too. Absolutely. I would not be here without this community. So. Okay. Well, so let's share. Um, cause I know you've gotten a, a really important commitment at eight o'clock. <laughs> so we can, can I, can I just say that I, yeah. I know I seem like a person, um, that would watch, but you know what? It doesn't matter. I didn't really watch The Bachelor. The last time I watched The Bachelor was maybe 10 years ago. It was in residence. It was like a whole thing. Uh, you do things for community. And it's similar now. My friends were like, The Bachelor is happening. I'm like, ugh, trash TV. I don't watch it. Mind you, I watch a lot of other trash TV, but like not The Bachelor. Um, and they're like, there's a pool. Mm. So you like pick girls who you like want on your team. And like, depending on what happens during the episode, you get points. Um, so now like the competitive side of me, um, was really excited to participate. Um, I picked all lemons, unfortunately. I didn't realize that you had to do research ahead of time. So my, my friends did not let, they're like, yeah, you look at their Instagram and you see like how many followers they have and like what endorsements they have. And that shows like how long they've made it in the show. I'm like, this is a whole science. Um, but yeah, we do have the bachelor at eight o'clock. So I will be well, watching. One <laughs> One of my um, approaches to life is I try to live life from a place of curiosity and not judge judgment. <laughs> so no judgment for me. If anything, I'm glad you create space for yourself as a small business owner. Like I'm just sure there's just more and more and more you can always be doing and be saying yes yep. to. Uh, so whatever it is, I'm glad that you've got those boundaries in place uh, for you and keeping yourself yeah. well. Um, for folks that are, that are watching, uh, you got pre-orders for Valentine's Day. I think it ends at, tomorrow at midnight, right? These are these gift boxes. Correct. Yeah, Tuesday at eleven fifty-nine. That's the cutoff. But, but uh, the menu has all, all also been posted. Um, a lot of the things that come in the box are available on their own. In case you're like, I don't want that. You don't have to get it. Um, you can create your own boxes. That, that can happen too. And you've also just started. So the bake at home uh, cinnamon rolls are now also available at Full are, Circle, right? Are so um, up there now? Yeah, you can, which is really exciting. So our bake at home cinnamon rolls—they uh, come frozen in packs of six. Um, they're in the tray that you can bake them in. So if you don't have a cookie sheet, don't panic. Um, and yeah, they they do they do really well. I I like them, and I learned a lot about 
packaging and labeling legislation today, which I will be implementing in the near future. So that's great. Well, I, <laughs> that's great. I wanted to try first this cinnamon rolls that you mm -hmm. baked. This will be the next thing I try now is like, I'm going to try to do, get yeah. some of the bake at home ones. And then like on a nice cozy night where it's too cold out and you could just, oh. uh, and then I can compare against. They won't be quite the same, but oh, they're 100% the same. Just make sure you bake them long enough until you get a nice golden color. This is the key. Okay. You're like, oh, it's light. I, it's done. Leave it in. 10 more minutes. 10 okay. More minutes. Awesome. Yeah. So we'll do. Um, Lenjobakes.com. Everyone can do online orders, curbside pickups. If they don't already follow you, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Lenjo yeah. Bakes. Uh, the physical store, for those that don't know, corner of Aaron's and Wellington in Midtown. Um, I think that's everything. Oh, yeah, I want to mention my, yeah. my personal favorite so far. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the cinnamon rolls were delicious. But this salted caramel apple Pop-Tart thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my gosh, this this was ridiculous. Uh, so I don't see it on the menu this week. So I think we, you you must rotate. You uh, do, yeah. We've done. I think we've done maybe like six or seven types of pop tarts now. We try not to do the same thing too often. Um, so I don't know what the next pop tart will be, but hopefully, it will be just as delicious as the salted caramel apple one. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for bringing joy to uh, our community in, in really tough times. Thanks for pushing through a difficult time as well. And thanks for making time to do this too. This is, uh, yeah, really nice of you. So Lenora, thanks again uh, for making time. Thanks for having me, Mike. This and everyone for, who joined us tonight, thanks, uh, thanks for your time too, for, uh, for making time for this conversation to those that ask questions as well. And, uh, and, and we'll be posting the recording online too. So if you have a friend who would uh, be wanting to hear more of the conversation, feel free to find it. It'll be on my Facebook. Uh, we'll post on Instagram and Twitter too. Thanks again, everyone. Have a nice night. Bye. Take care.